Welcome to Adoption Now, sharing real stories of the joys and challenges of adoption. Now here's the host of Adoption Now, April Fallon. Hi, welcome to Adoption Now, telling your adoption story. I'm your host, April Fallon. Thanks for joining us today. Adoption Now is all about telling adoption stories and experiences so that we can just learn more about adoption, so that we can be encouraged to uh to adopt or to encourage other people to adopt. And today I'm so excited. I have my friends on the show, Aaron and Dominic Wagner. Dominic, it's your birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. Thank you guys for being here. Of course. Thank you for having us. So you guys are really special people and I call you the brothers or the leaders (laughs) because you are really making a difference in a lot of people's families. And so we're honored to have you there to speak into our lives and to encourage us as adoptive parents. Um, you know, my son is African American. You guys are African American. Are you from Africa? Uh, no, Denver. Oh, you're. <laughs> yeah. you, how do you say that? What do you call yourselves? Denverites. Denverites. I mean, African Americans fun. Black you know, it's, fun. A, it's funny because every time I have somebody on the show, I'm like, "What do you say? Is it sure? Is interracial family okay? Is you know, what do you do? You say yeah. transracial family, or what do you call yourself? So I know that you guys are pretty loose and yeah. um, and loving and understanding. It's the heart and sure. not the color. Yeah. But in today's world, they're not understanding that, and so we have to address some issues. So I'm excited to hear your story. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that. Your brothers that were adopted from the foster care system. Yes. Dominic, you're the older one. Let's start with you. Yes. Um. Yeah, I am. Out of the seven, I am child number three. No, five. <laughs> I'm number five. You're five. I'm five. <laughs> am I sure? Yeah. In the Wagner family, you're child number five. You promoted yourself a little bit there. Okay, got it. The other siblings, like, wait a second. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and I was I was born um, two and a half years before Aaron came around. I wasn't adopted until I was about three I'll say um, so it was just that uh, long steady court battle and parental visits to uh, what is that building even called I don't know was it inside of Children's Hospital or was it somewhere else um, social service social service yeah, building yeah. there it was seeing your birth mom yeah yeah um, so it was uh, a long steady process of that and then finally finally getting adopted and then Aaron came around pretty quickly after that. Okay, so you guys have the same birth mom. Yeah, same mom, different dad. Okay, and can I ask you why you were taken from your mom? Um, my mom at the time was a uh, crack user on top of probably numerous other sources of drug. So she had you for a couple of years? Um, or you no. were in the foster care system since birth? Uh, yeah, so my, my uh, parents had me um, basically since I was born. I think 20, okay. I think the Wagners is all we've known. Yeah. So, uh, Dominic came, I think he was like 27 days old. He's been with the Wagners. Okay. So the state allowed your birth mother to see you for two and a half years. Yes. Because she did not want to sign rights over. Correct. And so at what point did she say, yes, you can be adopted? They stopped showing up. Yeah. They just stopped showing up to the, the appointments. And so the state then terminated her rights. Essentially. Okay. So you're adopted into the family. And then, and what's your age difference? Two and a half years. Two and a half years. There's a lot of two and a half years. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so two and a half years, you're adopted. Then two and a half years later, 
Here comes Aaron. How did that all connect? A uh, crazy story. So, um, so yeah, Dominic had been a Wagner, uh, more or less, just by hanging around. He was he was part of the family, and so um, two and a half years later, uh, my my parents just got a phone call from a nurse at the hospital that just happened to hear the name of our birth mother, and just said, um, "I just heard her name. I think Dominic's little brother was born. She just knew our situation. She knew our story." Wow. I just happened to be in the right place at the right time and completely broke the law. <laughs> um, so she will go unnamed. Yeah, yeah, but a miracle of all miracles. She was just in the right place at the right time. My mother, our mother was trying to have me at home um, and was just wasted out of her mind. Um, and a neighbor heard her screaming and called the ambulance and I was born in the ambulance and being like rushed into the hospital and the nurse like saw all this happening and called my parents and said Dominic's brother was just born you guys need to come and get him and so that's uh so was the state called at all or your parents just showed up and then the state showed up and then they, you were placed with them I actually have no idea I'm sure I'm sure the state was called I'm sure they were notified pretty quickly but I think my parents just did some digging and investigating and kind of figured out what was happening and came and got me okay so then how long after were they able to make you a Wagner I've been with them since 34 days old. Okay. Where um, were you in that first 34 days? I think just in the hospital. I was pretty premature. Okay. And then I was born with a fetal alcohol syndrome because okay. of all the alcohol that was in her system. So no Dominic, way. Dominic had a ton of crack in his system, so he's a crack baby. Yeah, so I was in the hospital for that Yeah. first 27 days. Yeah, and then I was there for 34 days because of all the... What a miracle. I wish that ever I wish this was on TV and on the radio <laughs> so everyone could see you. Yeah. I mean that is such a miracle and there's so many people who would say and I hear it all the time and and I even was like I don't know if I could do alcohol feed. I don't know if I could say yes to, you know, exposed baby and now we have. Yeah. And it really does make a difference when a child is in a home that's steady and they're loved and they are 100%. prayed over. I mean you guys are are awesome. You have your own band. Yeah. You both are married. Right. And it's like you live, you, you just are happy guys. Yeah. Yeah. What do you accredit that to? Um, just family, I think. Um, it was just like a huge emphasis just in the house and the, just the kind of idea of that we were all that we had. Like and yeah. we, we had rough times growing up, like we didn't really have a ton of money but a lot of a lot of kids and um yeah we used to always be told like oh like we're all we have at the end of the day like yeah. anything else we could have nothing and a lot of times we we actually did have nothing but sure. it was just a lot of uh just we were all we have and if we if we give each other up then we really truly will have nothing yeah so it's just keeping well, and, that in, in mind. Yeah, like we're we're all really close. All of the siblings, my parents, like I consider them my best friends. Um, and so for better or worse, like uh, I think my parents were very intentional about spending time together as a family. Um, I, I don't think they really had that really str super strong family unit for them growing up. So I think they had a, a really large value for that for us. Um, so I'm, I mean, for us, I, I remember every... I think it was Wednesday night, 
you sit down at the family table to eat dinner. Like, it doesn't matter what's going on. And we would probably eat dinner together as a family probably two or three times a week. But Wednesday was the, like, you have to be here. No hanging out with friends. No going out. Like, you're going to be here. And Yeah, like Dominic said, like, our, our parents weren't, like, super rich. We weren't super poor, but we weren't super rich. And so even though, like, they didn't have the resources to give us, you know, everything we ever wanted, they still gave of themselves. And so I think now as as adults that are out on our own and doing that, like, that is stay true, you know, like, even though we didn't have the newest, fanciest toys or gaming systems or, you know, whatever we thought was so important when we were 10, um, the family unit has still stayed through all that time. And so we're still really close to this day. Isn't that interesting? I feel that when we put an emphasis on family and family first, mm-hmm. everything else kind of subsides, right? Yeah. Color subsides and um, anger subsides and all these questions that people are having right now. Should should we have interracial families? You know, we've been asked that you guys, right. we, we don't think you should <laughs> be raising, you know, outside of your race. And it's like, but in my family and in my home, we feel something so different. Right. You know, and if, and I really feel like God is saying, focus on the family. You guys have this dad who loves you so much. And the amazing thing is that you're a musician and that's what he was. Right. So you are not blood, but yet. Yeah. Perfect father for you. Right. Your destined father. Right. Was Steve Wagner. Yeah. Because he was going to bring that out in you. He was going to be the one to lead you into what you're doing now. 100%. How did he father you? Well. Yes. Great answer. (laughs) He fathered us well. Um, Yeah, he's a musician. Um, I mean, out of the seven, there's seven of us siblings. Um, Dominic and I were really the only ones to really grab a hold of music. It was not like a a Joe Jackson thing where he's like beating us to get in the, in the right. practice room and like right. do it. Um, but he just made it available to us and made it, you know, if we were interested, we were more than welcome to kind of tinker around with guitars or drum sets he had around and, and all that stuff. So Dominic and I really just gravitated towards that and loved it. And he was always playing in, in bands and worship teams growing up and we just, we loved it. Um, and as a family, we would go to concerts all the time, all the time. I remember, like seeing, you know, Newsboys and DC Talk at, at Red Rocks when I was a kid. and DC Talk. Oh, oh, my gosh. Like just being pumped out of my brains. I think that tour was Audio Adrenaline, DC Talk, and Newsboys. Fantastic. Unreal. Like <laughs> it was, it's like everything that I wanted as like a six-year-old child. And so, yeah, I think just a lot of that set it in motion. So, yeah, he he was our our, you know, greatest champion as far as music. I mean, both of our parents were super supportive and... I think just saw in us from an early age how important it was to us and so really called that out of us. And so even in times where like Dominic and I have been like, I don't know, maybe we should quit and get a real job or like yeah. focus on something else. They've always been like, why would you do that? You know what I mean? And right. Not in, a, not in a way that they wouldn't support us if we ever did, but I think they just always knew that there was something special there. And so um, for years, our dad managed us and booked shows for us and went on the road with us and and all that stuff and so I don't know he was just a great champion of everything musical and tell me about your band okay uh we're in a band called medic um it's the two of us and then two of our friends drew and dylan and they uh are cool it's a legit band it's It's not like you guys are in your garage no I mean I'm sure you started there but you're on tour um you're also worship leader and worship drummer yes 
you sing, play yeah. the guitar, and yeah. everything. You play everything? Yeah, kind of. So Dominic Dominic started drums when he was really young, and he's obviously really good. You've seen him play. He's amazing. And so I started drums when I was really young, but Dominic was always better than me. So growing up, when we were started joining worship teams, um, I was always stuck on like the bongos. And Dominic, <laughs> Dominic got to play the drums, and I was just like, this is the most humiliating right, thing right. ever. Like I'd never learned at the drums so I could play the bongos. It's like um, having a shaker. <laughs> exactly. When I go That's places, what it was. Exactly. I get the shaker. They would they would give me like some bongos and a shaker, and I would just that's exactly it. Sit there while Dominic's just shredding on the drums, and I'm like <laughs> tapping, and no one can hear me, and I'm really useless to the operation. Um, so when I was ten, I started to play guitar, and at first, Dominic was actually better than me, because we were raised almost as twins. Like if you get one this thing, you have to get the other. Okay. In a yeah, different we color. Looked, we looked a lot, a lot more alike <laughs> when we were younger, and yeah. we were the exact same size for a while. Yeah. So like that was always. Yeah. Fun. So that they put you in things together, activities together. Okay. Mm-hmm. All the time. And so when I wanted to learn guitar, I was begging because I was tired of the bongos. They also got Dominic a guitar, and he like just took to it and was better than me. And I was like, I'm not having this. <laughs> so, Wait a second. Yeah. And so I just. Started practicing my brains out, and so ever since then we've been in bands, and and so yeah, medic medic is the is the band. I mean, it's all really been the same band. It just keeps evolving and has changed names a few times, but uh, yeah, medic medic's been doing well. We just released an album. Uh, we were just in Relevant magazine. Um, we're going on tour. We just went on tour for two weeks. Uh, we're going on tour again in October, and then tour again in January. And how can people find that music? Uh, WeAreMedic.com. Awesome. We have to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk more to the brothers. You're listening to Adoption Now. I'm April Fallon. Pueblo, thanks for tuning in to Colorado's mighty 670 KLTT. Hi, this is Noah, April's husband, and I want to thank you for listening to this story on today's program. Do you have an adoption story? April and I have been through our own adoption journey, and I'd like to encourage you to contact us about sharing your story. You can do that by going to our website, adoption-now.com, and clicking on the Tell Your Story tab. Let's join together and inspire others. And now, let's rejoin April and the rest of today's story. Faith and Family Radio, KLT Denver. Welcome back to Adoption Now. I'm talking to Dom and Aaron Wagner, brothers adopted from the foster care system in Colorado. They're both married. They're in a very successful band. They're in the worship band um, at their church. And they just live happy lives, which is such a testament to us as adoptive parents. We want to know how do we nurture our children, especially if we're in an interracial family? How do we nurture them? How do we love them? How do we make sure that they feel confident in who they are, even though they look different than us? And so we're just going to jump into some really hard questions. I notice wherever we go as a family, and you guys have noticed this your whole life, and you're also about to be in interracial families. Both of you have married Caucasian women. Um, And so this is going to be a part of your life forever. Right. And so when people approach you, when you were a kid, how did you process that? I know people stop us and they'll say to us, where did you get those kids? Or how much were they? Or I want kids Jeez. like that. And I see my son, when he was a baby, we kind of laughed it off, but now he's six. And so I see him starting to process that. And, yeah. oh, my, my skin color is different. My parents are different. I am adopted. What does that mean? How did you guys as little people process that? Um, for me, it wasn't 
when I was super little, it wasn't, uh, it didn't make sense to me. Like, I, of course I had that, that time where I was like, oh yeah, like I'm a different color, but like that was the end of it. <laughs> um, cause most every other person in my family is a different shade of something. So I was just like, oh, like this is just how it is. So I was always confused personally when people would act weird around us. Um, yeah, it just didn't. It didn't. But it didn't sense. harm your self-esteem, or do you think it did? I don't. I don't believe so. It just always kind of left me confused. <laughs> um, yeah, it just didn't make any sense. Confused of, how? Oh, confused by other people's reactions. Yeah. Okay. Because at the end of it, I didn't. I didn't. You weren't see, taught to care. No, it was just. Oh, like this is my family. Like, why are you being weird? <laughs> right. What about you, Aaron? I don't know. I I didn't. Yeah, like Dominic said. We didn't really pay attention to it. We weren't raised to pay attention to it. And I think that's for better or for worse. I think you have to be taught to be offended. True. You have to be taught to be offended. And so when people would come up and say things or even with good intentions and being like, oh, man, I've always wanted a little black kid in my family. Like, it's just like, cool, sweet, awesome. Yeah, I'm adorable. You know what I mean? Right. (laughs) So it wasn't, I don't know, like we can, we can get so worked up over these things that are just like. Man, life was meant to be enjoyed. We're supposed to enjoy ourselves as a family, and I don't know. I there there's some families that struggle a lot with their their black kid wanting white skin or whatever race. Did wanting you guys white ever skin. feel that? Did you ever feel I wish my skin was a different color? I I never I never really had that. I don't think. I don't know. I'm I might have, but what is it? Like even a white kid that like sees, you know, Beyonce doing her thing at the Super Bowl is going to be like, oh my gosh, I want to be just like her. You know what I mean? Like what young, impressionable, adolescent child isn't going to see something that they don't have and want it? And so I think we may blow it up out of proportion a lot when a black kid's like, oh, I want white skin. I knew just as many white kids that we grew up with that are like, oh man, I wish I was black. All the time. All the time. Absolutely. All the time. And so I don't, I don't know if that's really as much of a big deal as we make it out to be. Have you experienced racism within, you know, as you're growing up in the, in a white family? Against us? Yes. Not anything violent, not anything crazy like that. I think there are a couple issues like just kids making fun or, but they're the kind of kids that were just doing it to anyone and everyone. So that was just, that was just the target that was on our back, I suppose. I mean, growing up in a predominantly white area and neighborhood and schools and all that stuff, there's just... Was that good? It wasn't bad. I got a great education. Yeah. Did you ever think, I want to be around people who look like me. I want more kids that around me that look, have my skin color. I want friends that look like me. I mean, there's a period of time when it's... Un- it. You notice at some point that you're the only one of your kind that walks into a room normally, you know, and that... That can be weird. Um, but um, I'm friends with plenty of black people. <laughs> it's not it's not a it's not a weird thing where we had to force it and schedule play dates with the other black families in the neighborhood or <laughs> or something. You know what I mean? Like it right. just it was natural. If it no, happened, it was natural. Yeah, if I'm gonna be friends with this kid, it's gonna be because I like him, not because he's the same color as me. That's ridiculous. That's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. And I have a few friends that are black like I was just listening to rap music on the way up here like yeah my parents weren't spending their their time trying to black me up or like (laughs) 
get me involved in a certain mindset or culture it, it's just ridiculous to me yeah and we grew up in in douglas county which is uh i mean it's evolved since we've been oh, totally. kids but uh basically goes from monument all the way up to i don't know the exit Highland before range. you drop it yeah it's a big county <laughs> and we we growing up were the only three black people in the county that you lived. guys and your sister yeah 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 we were the only three in the entire uh, in the entire county which is a huge like if you were to look at it on a map it's a massive area so it's yeah i mean just setting trends man yeah you guys are trend centers. <laughs> you know what? I, the one thing that I think about a lot too is that you guys had each other, yeah. which is really helpful. I realized with AJ, our son, who is very much like Aaron, okay. personality-wise, <laughs> you guys look alike. Yeah. I mean, you know, the same type of just endless silliness. Um, and he's confident. He's just so confident, and he just loves who he is. And when he walks into a room, people respond to his his joyfulness. Yeah. And. I did not feel that he felt alone or bad, you know, putting him into school with a bunch of white kids. Um, he just made friends all the time and did sports and was normal. But what I did notice is a big difference in his complete confidence in the public when we got Vivi, who is our last daughter, and she is African-American. Okay. He's very bonded to her, very connected to her. Wherever we go and people stop us and say, whether nice or rude, it's like he feels this connection with her yeah. and they're in it together. Sure. And I just wonder sometimes if that's what caused you guys also along with your family, who's very loving and you know, this supportive family that you had, if you had each other, had other siblings. And so you weren't alone wherever you went. Sure. Right. And sometimes people say, well, does it matter? I'm just going to adopt one child from Africa. And I say, <laughs> Oh, but you keep your heart open to adopting another one because it might really, really help them. It could. Yeah, it definitely could. I, I just to me in general, um, this is a Christian show, right? Yes. Okay. Were you gonna swear? No, oh. no, no. Um, tribal language isn't interesting to me. The blacks, the whites, the Mexicans, the Asians—like it, it's not interesting to me. And if you if you look through the history of the Bible and and the story of Jesus. The, his whole his whole premise was breaking down the idea of tribes right his, that that was his entire thing of you guys have spent x amount of time thinking these are the in people these are the right people this is the right way this is the wrong way and we all do that don't we you have black families that are going to be upset at you for adopting black children into a white home you're going to have white families that are upset at you for you know like right. it's such tribal language and that's boring to me is that love looks like love love looks like something and so I don't think it's any more noble to adopt an African-American child than it is to adopt a white child. I don't think that. It's you want to be open to whatever is happening in your world. And if that's what, what gets brought in, then then take it, you know. And, and very much so in Dominic and I's case, it was a, I mean, we didn't really have a choice. We were children. But we, we grew up with this sense of belonging. Because it wasn't, it wasn't a we were chosen because of our skin color or not because of our skin. That, that had nothing to do with it. There's white children in the Wagner family that are adopted. There's Mexican, there's black, there's, it, it, it just was a thing where it's just like, oh, I'm, I'm accepted just because I am that I am. And, and that's the gospel. Right. hundred percent. And so I grew up with a very deep sense of 
kingdom mentality. Yeah, so-and-so can be upset about this, but at the end of the day, I go home and I belong, 100%. And, and because of the values that our family instilled in us, like I, I never questioned that. If I got made fun of, if I got broken up with a girl, if someone said something wrong to me, I dated a girl whose parents were a little iffy on black people, like I would go home. That was that would be the first place I would go, and I would you know, cry it out on mom's shoulder or dad's shoulder. You know what I mean? And I, it was all right. Home was your safe place. Hundred yeah. percent. And also with like, especially like with your kids and, um, him feeling like that sense of attachment. Um, I don't know if it has as, it, I don't know if it has really anything to do with race as just like it's his little sister. Yeah, he has something to take care of. Like he has something to nurture instinctually. Um, Oh, well, he has another sister, too. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, I was, I was the same way with Aaron. Like, we're, we're, I mean, we're here doing a radio interview. But, like, I have a very, like, a very specific relationship with each of my siblings. Like, our oldest, her name's Heather. Like, she's the only one, like, if she, was, if she says, oh, like, I'm here. You need to come here. Do this. Stop what you're doing. She's the only one that I won't question it, and I will leave whatever I'm doing, stop whoever I'm talking to, offend whoever I need to offend, and get to where she is. And yeah. she's the only one that I'll do that for. So you have developed relationships beyond just the two of you. It wasn't just the two of you. You're no, saying no. that you, all of your siblings, yeah. function together as yeah. a family. Yeah, we all have, like, very, very specific, like, each of us have very interesting Different dynamics bonds. with each other's. Quick question. Have you ever had a desire to find your birth mom? No. Um, short answer. Dominic's short answer is no. Um, mine is like, eh. Eh? Eh. Um, it's just not like a deep longing of like, I need to find where I came from kind of thing. Um, all that I need is with me. And, and, and so it's not something that I'm, I'm necessarily opposed to. It's not been a priority of mine by any means. What would your last advice be? Let's leave the show on this last note. What would your advice be to interracial families right now struggling with everything that's going on in the media? <laughs> uh, don't listen to it. It's just, it's just race baiting. It's, it's just another thing to keep you up at night unnecessarily. Because, um, yeah, like we said in the beginning, like family, family is family, no matter what color you are. Um, and we've, we've, we've obviously grown up in a, like mixed family a mixed pot so to say um but yeah it's it's family's family's family no matter what color shape or size or whatever in between um yeah 100 percent. i think my my big advice is just to chill out all of this stuff that's going on in the media all it, it's all right isn't it black lives matter don't they Absolutely. police lives matter don't they white lives matter don't they like we could we could talk about this all the day, and I'm not I'm I have my political views and my my angles that I I won't necessarily broadcast on the air. But what I will say is that regarding the African American community, and I'm about to say something super bold, there has been a a long history of of people that have been victimized, black people that have been victimized. Being victimized does not give you the right to stay a victim. Does that make sense? Yes. And so Dominic and I, regardless of, of anything that you want to believe about us, is we were not raised to be victims. We've, we have a history and a, a lineage that was treated awfully. 
and has had to fight for a lot. And on the white side, I don't I don't think changing legislature however long ago and over time is necessarily the it's like forcing your child to apologize for something. You know what I mean? One hurts the other and you're like, say you're sorry. And you're like, sorry. You know what I mean? There's a lot of healing that needs to go on between blacks and whites right now. That's now all manifesting in the media by people just stirring the pot. Um, and so all of the feelings on both sides are very legitimate and very real. Um, but don't wh whatever race of children you're raising, but especially towards um, African-American children, don't teach them where they come from and and give them per permission to explore but don't let them be victims um dominic and i have great jobs we have wives we own houses we speak to people of influence we've we've done a lot of stuff that a lot of white kids have never gotten to do and i don't attribute that necessarily to a race it's because we were taught like this is available to you you've taken your opportunities yeah don't raise a victim Thank you guys so much for being on the show. I want to have you back. You're a huge inspiration to so many people and especially to my personal family. I want to hear one more thing about your band. You guys just released a new CD. Where mm -hmm. can people find that? Um, it's on all major digital retailers, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play. Um, the best the best place to go to would be wearemedic.com, facebook.com slash wearemedic. And I'm going to put all of your information on my Facebook page and adoption Beautiful. now. So if you'd like to check that out, also, don't forget to like us. If you'd like to hear any of our podcasts, you can go to iTunes under Adoption Now. Thank you so much for tuning in to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. See you next week. Thanks for joining us for today's Adoption Now. If you would like to tell your story or for more information about Adoption Now, visit the website at adoption-now.com or find it on Facebook. And join us next week at the same time as we share another adoption story on 670 AM KLTT.